Welcome to another episode of Opinionated Off Topic. Today we're with one of my good friends from college, from the good old Fort Lewis days back in the day, uh, John Yell Kennedy, and we're also here with Carlos Mojica. And we got a very special guest for you guys today on the Opinionated Off Topic series. Um, John Yell is a hardworking creative is himself alike, just like us, and we're going to jump right into his story. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for, for coming on, taking time out of your day. And I know it's a, not a fun drive at this time of hour, but you still made it. I appreciate y'all having me on. It's, it's big. Yes, sir. Um, so first things first, just a little bit about yourself, where you came from, all that good stuff, all the weed days that you that you spent as a lad. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. So, um, yeah, so military kid. My pops is retired army. Um, so was born in West Point, New York. Didn't spend too, too much time there as, as a youngest. So moved here, I think I was about two, maybe three. Um, was raised in San Antonio, Texas, majority of my life. So grew up there, went to high school, everything. Where'd you go to high school? Um, Steel High School. Steel? Down there. So oh, okay. You, you from San Antonio? Or? My mom went to, uh, is from San Antonio. But okay, she, sure. from, she she from the hood, so not many people that are from San Antonio <laughs> went to her school. So uh, she went to John Jay. To Jay, okay, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, I popped around a bit. My freshman year, I was at Roosevelt. Um, popped over to MacArthur. I don't know if you know those yep. schools, too. And then um, my pop ended up buying a house out in Cibolo, uh, so we moved out to Steel. Nice. So, Were you there with um, Malcolm Brown? Everybody asked that question. I wasn't. He, he was, wasn't? Um, he graduated right before I got to high school. Uh-huh, so okay. We uh, got to meet all those guys, you know, Tommy Armstrong, Malcolm Brown, a lot of greats that came out of there. Um, Caden Stearns, I could that list. Caden Stearns was in Cibola? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's crazy. So a lot of a lot of great talent, a lot of great uh, role models that came out ahead of us, and um, yeah, rich rich fo- uh, football culture there for sure. Yeah. So, anyways, um, so um, when you when you guess growing up, did you was football like the first sport you played, or is it just basketball, baseball, football, like everybody else? It was, uh, I said the first one I played was soccer, actually. Um, Scoopable footwork. I love to run up and down the field. So, started venturing into everything else from there. I think it was basketball next. And then uh, a couple years later, uh, got into football. And so, after that point, I think it was, um, I'm forgetting track as well was a big one coming up as well, I think, for everybody. But, um, yeah, I think the focus after that point became basketball, football, track, high school, basketball, football, um, was playing in the marching band for a little bit, so I was trying to juggle those, and then, um, yeah, yeah, so the one that ended up winning it all was football, so. Well, what made the football stick out for you? Um, I think it was just the way I was built at the time, it just made sense, so um, basketball, feel like I was skilled in, didn't really come into my own until post-grad and everything, but uh, football just had the, the size and, and natural ability for it so I was like let's maximize it so what position did you play um tight end tight end tight end yeah. see and it's crazy because you're how tall are you six seven yeah six yeah seven. so it's like you look at you you just look like a hooper you know like right. you wouldn't even right. think like football at all exactly you know it's everybody's first guess because <laughs> like most people that are like your height or like six six they're like a tackle and they're like bigger you know right so and yeah. that was that was a goal. Um, my freshman year, I played up at Fordham University, and so I had gone up there. That was the first year I'd actually played offensive tackles up there. Okay, um, where's that at? Uh, up in New York, New York, uh, so the Bronx, New York, and 
That was a D1 AA, um, really great program at the time under Joe Moorhead. Um, we ended up going, I think it was eight and two that season, or nine and one, eight and two, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Good season. Um, but was really trying to get back to playing tight end. And it was uh, end of that season, I was trying to see if I could go for like a trout or something like that. Um, still felt like I had that same level of athleticism mm-hmm. and everything, but wasn't wasn't gonna be able to get that shot. And so I was like, let me go ahead and um, try to get to a program where I can get back in that yeah. space. So were you were you bigger uh, back then at the time? Yeah. coming out of high school, yes, I was like agile, but I was a little heavier in the sense of like at my. I think I've been this height for since like my freshman year of college. But I said weight wise was about two fifty five, two sixty at the time. So I had weight to kind of shift and play. Yeah, more. you were like you were like more of a hybrid. Like you exactly. couldn't like gain that weight. I feel like, but right. you like you weren't going to slim down. Like you know, because you're just tall. Facts. You know, so it was yeah, right in that mid. Yeah, exactly. was it weird like switching from tight end to offensive tackle? Oh lord, <laughs> it was. Um, it's kind of. Uh, I forgot what my pops called it. Um. He's, it was some, so he used something about talking about putting a deer in like a cage or something. It was like, I was so used to moving freely and everything, put those big old knee braces on. And from my perspective, it just like, I understand the purpose of him is there to protect you in the trenches, but I could not do it. It just, it frustrated me beyond relief. I tried to take him, hide him, my coaches on my, on my behind, just like, where are your knee braces at? Can't come out to practice without him. And it just like, um, the whole thing, I just – I'm zooming through ladder drills and stuff. Coach is getting pissed, saying I'm going too quickly. And it's just like I, – I, I, I was having a miserable time. They were crazy as a tight end? Um, up there, yes. Yes. And so they were like, we could use you as a tackle. Um, but I was coming out of high school as a tight end. And it was like – when I got there, they were like, yeah, your size. We're going to be able to pack on stuff to you and make you an NFL tackle. Mm-hmm. And – I just couldn't get my, my mind into it. Could mm-hmm. I have done it? I feel like if I bought into it, yeah, most likely, yeah. And it's but, a big transition, like going, like like you said, going from tight end to becoming a tackle. One, you just mentality every play in the right. trenches. Like the trenches are just different. You got to be different to play in there. And yeah, then yeah. two, just having to gain that much weight. Like realistically, you'd probably have to be like like three thirty. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So like, yeah, like, like, like jumping up like 70 pounds like that. Like one, that's just that's really hard to do. And then two, like you just really have to like change so much stuff to even like start progressing that level that Facts, way. That yeah, was like, that was a big concern of mine. I'm like, in the time frame, like it's gonna take me some time to put this weight on and for it to be like built right. Mm-hmm. Just exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just sloppy weight. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so in this space. Do I want to either put on this weight right here and, and, and kind of get to that point for a chance to play mm-hmm. or kind of just cut my losses and, and, and try somewhere else? And that's kind of where I got to with that. And so in that time period, I transferred to Fort Lewis next, so mm-hmm. I met you, and um, spent that spring there before heading to Texas State. And, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, who recruit, Did Crawford recruit you to Fort Lewis or who recruited you? It was uh, – yes. Okay. Yes, it was. It was. So – it was um I think I was looking at a few HBCUs at the time uh-huh. Howard um who else at the time there were a few schools on the East Coast mm-hmm. I was still staying in um ended up taking Fort Lewis uh really enjoyed my time down there 
Yeah, that was fun. It was, it was a fun time. <laughs> Loved all the guys down there. It's just like, it's a family feel. Yeah. Everybody down there, so it was dope. Um, so, yeah, enjoyed my time there. Ended up, uh, I was looking at schools like UNT, Texas State. Definitely wanted to go back D1. And, and so that was um, hunting itself. I kind of, um, there's some days I feel like I wish I'd taken a path to maybe UNT. When I go into their camp and everything, everything kind of felt just right. I just kind of went against it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would think about that often had I gone there, would results have been different in a career. But, um, you know, realistically, there's nothing I can do to go back and change it. So mm-hmm. I just had to accept it for what it was and, and keep pushing forward. Did you so, play a season at uh, Fort Lewis or no? Um, no. I no. just spent that spring semester. This is a semester. Yeah. 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 Uh, what was your – I'm curious, like, what were your thought pro- – what was your thought process – because eventually I want to interview a few guys that I played with on the pod. So, like, what was your thought process coming to Fort Lewis from a D1? Or, like, from a bit, like, we both played 6A in Texas. Right. Like, coming from that level of high school, then, then going there. Um, and, obviously, we had really good coaches, to be honest. But, like, from a facility standpoint, lack of engagement in the football team, things like that. Like, right. what was – your mindset when you saw that or like how, how did they recruit how did they get you there too like like yeah. this, like what made you like be like all right i'm gonna go even though it's like it's like worse than like the high schools we came from facts facts man it's it not was, good <laughs> i went up there and money man because i was to donate because when i first went uh he was driving right. i was like oh is that you know practice field that's just feels like no it's no, the high school like, field right and I was like, wait, that's your field? He's like, yeah, that's what we play on. I was like, why is the high school field better than y'all's field? It's wild. It's wild. It's just, it was humbling. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it was something in my head, I guess, coming from that point. Everybody, and I talk <clears throat> to young athletes about this, everybody around all the time. Like, there's this hype around D1 football coming out of high school. I feel like everybody wants to be on that stage, yeah. you know, signing day, signing to a big school. Yeah. Just the camaraderie and the whole mm-hmm. around it all. So, when you get past it and you get up there and realize everybody at this level was all state, all city, whatever it is where mm-hmm. they came from. Yeah. No one here is really a bum. It's like you got Bama level guys and Texas State level guys. No shade, no no tea, no shade. But yeah. Like it's there's tears to it, but everybody there is a good athlete, no yeah. matter what program you go to yeah, in the nation. No doubt. And so I wanted to I didn't want to go somewhere else and just be sitting there as another dude on the sideline that's capable. But isn't gonna get that PT because oh this guy's a senior here it's gonna play ahead of you so you gotta wait a couple yeah years. exactly I was just hungry to get back on the field and I think Fort Lewis was gonna be a good opportunity to test mm-hmm. if my devotion and and drive for football was still there mm-hmm. do I am I gonna stick it out go through the trenches and really still grind for this sport and mm-hmm. I say it definitely did fortify that for sure yeah um, the guys I met there uh, guys I feel like. From work ethic to just friendships outside of football and everything up there was just pure. It was yeah, pure. it was real pure. So yeah, it was it was a cool experience. Um, so when you got to, did Texas State offer you just to go walk on or? Um yeah, so when I came down to Texas State, I was doing like um, camps that summer, mm-hmm. going down uh, when I left from Fort Lewis, and I'd gone to the UNT camp Rice. Who else did I do? UTSA, I believe. And then Texas State was, was one of the last. And so Texas State had a really good showcase there. Um, 
they just got Everett Withers at the time, say uh, African American coach coming from JMU, and so I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and try try everything here, and mm-hmm. I think um, looked like they had a good group of guys that were getting together and everything, and wasn't too far from home. Family was gonna be able to come up and watch games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that kind of just influenced that decision. Yeah, there. right so, there. Yeah, exactly. Keep it close to home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and you played at Texas State. Yes, very yeah. briefly. Yeah. Very briefly. So it's um, career got cut short. Little little um, going into my sophomore year. Um, wow, that was pretty early because my Fort Lewis semester was I think second half. Of my second half of your freshman year, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, we were all young still. Facts, yeah, facts. that's crazy. Were you did you graduate? Um, I graduated high school twenty fifteen. Yeah, oh, so we're we're with us. Yeah, okay. so because I remember we 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 all hung out because you were new and we all would eat at the cafeteria mm-hmm. every like we'd always meet at like six. We'd or all just go eat. Exodus or Sedexo. Uh, Sedexo. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we just eat there and like, um, I was gonna bring up this story later, but I want to talk about <laughs> that little competition you and Richie had. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Richie's a fool. Yeah, that's when I knew you were like you had that little comedy in you. Oh yeah, yeah, no yeah, doubt, yeah. No doubt, <laughs> so, so you've got you pretty much got to meet everybody that I know yeah. as well. So like Dre, Justin, uh, the whole group. Jake yeah. wasn't there, right? Jake wasn't there. No, not yet. He no. was in high school still. Was Quaylar? No. Oh yeah, Josh might have came in with. Remember Big Josh Quaylar. Yes. Yeah, he came in and then uh and then and Kyle right. with the long hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That, was that the quarterback? No, Kyle was one of my yeah, friends. He was like a he was like a tight end, but then he got moved in into so like, interior yeah. line. Yeah. He got moved to the end, then he got moved back to offense and became a guard. Mm-hmm. But he was one of my he's one of my good friends. He me and him were like would stay together when we'd have to stay in the dorms during fall camp. Solid was he there with them when that one quarterback came? The D one Oh, you talking about Larry? Yeah. Uh, no, Larry came that Larry came the when he left our sophomore year, and that's when him and Bo competed for this the job in fall camp. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, I went up there twice. Met a lot of dudes. It's a fun yeah. place. Yeah, 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 good time. Yeah. Definitely. It's like I feel like it kind of forces you to to build those type of relationships up there, knowing it's like yeah, ain't nothing else to do. Yeah, <laughs> ain't exactly. nothing else to do. It's tight knit. Just. You better go find some friends and, and make some fun. So, so what what was it that I guess put football to the rest for you? Um, put it to rest. I say injury. Injury. That last one. Too much uh, pushing pushing those boundaries a little too much with um, concussions, mm-hmm. and um, not wanting to risk that being like a long term thing that was going to kind of prevent me from doing other things outside of football in my life, and so. Uh, from that point, making a decision to change what was then my major uh, in kinesiology to theater, cinematography at Texas State, and that being my main focus. Um, those days as a student athlete, it's you know that schedule is just jam packed. Man, so it's when you stop playing, uh-huh. it's like you got all this free time. Yeah, it's like, what do I do? Like all my boys are football players and stuff. He's the only people I really kick it with. So it's just kind of like, it's an odd, like, lonely space to kind of reconfigure yourself and figure out where you're going to go next. And so, yeah, in that space, I, I was glad that film was something that kind of called my name and made that leap. And then, yeah, the rest was history, i say, from there. How, how was it, like, because for me, I played baseball. Right. And it was an injury that took the game away from me, too. So how, how did that sit with you? Because me, it's like, I would give anything to play again. 
because I mean, because like, because I played with with with, uh, well, I'm friends with people who like just stop playing because they didn't want to anymore because right. the coach and whatnot yeah, and, they and got stuff to go like to that. School. And they like, got to go to school. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I would I would give anything. I mean, granted, they went to JUCO, so it was probably obviously not the best experience. Right. But I would still give anything to to, to play. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel you, man. How was that for you? It just it kind of it's like a long term uh, or a breakup of like a long term relationship because I feel like you always have your sport to kind of uh, balance everything in your life when you're stressed out and it's kind of a stress reliever, uh, kind of gives you joy, that dopamine boost, everything. So kind of adjusting to life without that was tough at the age I feel like it was going on in, like 20 years old, 19, 20. Like, it's a lot, I feel like, going through your head at that point. You feel like it's... You, you make it a lot bigger in your head than it actually is. In a sense. Yeah, so. I mean, because I mean, after you look at it, there's so much more to life than just football. And I'm sure when you're that, you're like, dude, I want to go to the NFL. I want right. to do this and that. And you just, yeah, have all these, have all these, have all this money and everything. So, oh, yeah. It's like you go through an identity crisis. I feel like a lot <laughs> Man, of Man, yeah. Yeah, people don't yeah. talk about that enough. But it's like you, you're out, you're labeled as this all these years. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's, that's, that's Cam with the baller and everything. Yeah. He's down the ball. It's like, I can do stuff outside of it, but it's this fear of, like, what am I even going to do? Everybody's mm-hmm. going to be asking questions. How's your career going? How's this going? Because they just see football. Mm-hmm. And it's that fear and, and, and just identity crisis, in a sense. So once once that kind of configures itself, it, it gets simpler. Yeah. But I feel like every athlete goes through that once their sport or career kind of finally comes to a close, um, whether it be through injury or just – graduation yeah it just it's a it's a new leaf to turn over so yeah did you want to ask your question about him and richie uh i mean yeah i guess save it for later i might just i'm gonna bring it up okay. when we talk about like his app his what he does and stuff. okay but yeah what time um, are we at before we transition into that thing okay um but yeah going going into you like you know that identity crisis and things like that um before you got into what you do now what was there was there any like hobbies you were doing outside of football that kind of that's what you started to do which maybe translated into this or maybe that was that like what would you what did you what were you like doing in your free time i guess with all that time besides thinking (laughs) thinking, (laughs) (laughs) i think um one thing i've always done and this is something um, I didn't realize how much this would carry through a lot of my career, I guess, yeah. um, dancing. And it's like something I've never really taken classes for. I popped in a few different studios and, and taken some choreography classes. But as a whole, since I was younger, I think Michael Jackson, Usher, people like that were big influences on me in that sense. And I would watch a lot of the stuff they did. And it just kind of spoke to me. I just wanted to wanted to dance. And so I freestyled a whole lot as a kid. As I was coming up and getting taller, for some reason, I guess people just love tall people dancing. They're doing <laughs> wild, goofy stuff. Yeah. And so I just embraced it. And that, I don't know, part of my personality, I just never really cared what people were thinking. So it'd That's, be some wild stuff. But yeah. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm in my own world. D- definitely, like, <laughs> off rip. Um I could just tell, like, you, just from the jump, you didn't care what people thought. You just always were yourself, like, goofy, just Fast. just for f- a fool. Like, Fast, <laughs> man. On the jump, everybody yeah. know. So, <laughs> I appreciate you, man. So, yeah. 
For sure. That one, um, I think from there, I just kind of started making small little videos and yeah. stuff like that. Um, the co- the comedic videos and stuff started kind of popping up, and I watched guys like, um, I don't know if y'all ever seen Dormtainment or High mm-hmm. Damn I Rock, guys like mm-hmm. that on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, watched their type of content, love that type of parody content, and so started making my own. And uh, yeah, so Instagram kind of picked up a bit, and then yeah, the TikTok and all that stuff kind of followed after, but that's kind of the origin of where it started. So you always dancing and things like that. Um, so you kind of went viral before the TikTok and everything kind of emerged um, on Twitter. Uh, the video of you dancing in the rain <laughs> and uh, everyone, you know, it's crazy. People like people really thought that was one Jalen Brown. Yes. And then two, like people would literally people were like sending that like, you know, like how you have the group chats with your guys or whatever. Right. And like you just send memes like people were sending that and they were like, this is really j-. I'm like, bro, I literally know him. And they're like, no, you don't. I'm like, no, I'm dead ass. Like, I know him. I, know him. I remember when you got on like Instagram or something and you had like you had to like the behind the scenes from the whole thing. Like you like recorded yourself like in the rain. Right, <laughs> you fit right. your phone to your car and started exactly. dancing. <laughs> and it was and it was dumping. Yes. Was, like what 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 was your thought process that like what made you be like, I'm gonna just record this video of me dancing in the rain? Facts. I, I have no I feel <laughs> like Do it for a little saint. Do it for a little saint. That literally was my was my thought <laughs> process. My OG caption on that post was do it for a little saint. I'm dead. And <laughs> I was like, I gotta I got to do some Don stuff out here. I got to pop out when the rain would come down. I don't know why those movies would always pop up in my head. Um, those like dance scenes from any, yeah, anything dancing in the rain. And um, so, yeah, I popped out. It was a super rainy day. I just got off of work at a hotel I was working at. I remember those days. You and, used to make skits in the hotel, yes, too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I used to pull all that stuff on Snap. Yes, bro. Heavy, heavy. This was like early. OGO yeah, days. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yes, it was a super rainy day. I went to Walmart, came out, and for whatever reason, in my work pants, work shoes, turned on some, some music from um, <laughs> from you guys served and, and just started going crazy and... Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I posted, I feel like, as a joke at first. It was, like, one of my biggest, I feel like, social media mistakes, in a, in a sense. I didn't tag it, didn't put my social media. Yeah, you didn't even put any, uh, what's the watermark no. or anything like that. And that was before TikTok. So how, like, you reshare someone's TikTok, it'll do it for you. Right. Yeah. And that was, like, a big one. I was, like, I guess because I hadn't even been planning on it to be viral. I just was, like, another goofy video to post. And I posted it. I think the traction behind it came from another user who had made the quote like, what was Jalen Brown doing mm-hmm. out here dancing in the rain? He should be practicing. And so that was like the first <laughs> one that was like, oh, shoot, is Jalen Brown dancing in the rain? I was like, okay. I just I, I watched from the side and then woke up, I think, a day or two later, and my phone was just kind of going crazy on Twitter. That video had taken off. I'm seeing um, Sports Center posted, ESPN, all these outlets posting a bit. And, um, yeah, it just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that situation. But, um, yeah, posted it, and it was kind of just one of those, like, lucky sparks. And took How much of a following did you have at that time? At that time, I think about, uh, I want to say, like, 3,500. 3,600, something no, it's like not, that. No, it's not very, not very, man. Not, not for you, enough to, for you to go crazy like that. Yeah. Nah, nah, not organically. I was like... 
I think Twitter wise, we had started uh, getting in these like big engagement group chats and stuff like that. Found out the secrets to all these mm-hmm. Twitter famous people and everything. Yeah. And so we were going into these mass retweet like groups and everything. And so for pieces of our content on Twitter, um, I think when everybody was in their light skin area taking their pretty boy pics. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, the, the, gl- the sun hitting nice. Exactly. Yeah. We had all them pics going crazy on Twitter. <laughs> so we were able to build up pretty good size pics. Oh, wasn't it Twitter. like the hashtag was like find black men on Twitter or some oh, shit exactly. like that? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> that's funny. We were taking over for some time. And so that was going cool. And I think that's what kind of helped. Um, Get the Jalen Brown video out there a little bit. Uh, but that quoted tweet is really what set it off. And then that just kind of sent in everything else. So I think, in a sense, that video, I was posting different types of goofy stuff at the time. But that kind of shaped an identity for, like, my online presence mm-hmm. in a sense. Like, anytime I'd post any form of dancing, it just would do well. Like, nothing... Planned out, choreographed, just kind of freestyle doing me um, would go well. And that kind of sculpted a lot in that early part. So For the, the other skits you're doing for like, at, were you, well, for, was all this in Texas? Yes. Okay. Yes. For all the skits, skits that you're doing, like at the hotel and whatnot and doing the dancing in the rain, were you just doing it to do it? Were you at that point or is that when you started like, I want to do this? I was. Or make sure both. Point, at that point, really just doing it to do it. At that point, I think it, um, a lot of the stuff like acting, performance, and all that stuff had just been an outlet for me for so long. Um, we got an early start uh, in the church coming up, me and my younger brother, okay. and sermons and stuff with youth days. And so when we do those, kind of getting that public speaking um, practice from a young age. Uh, my mom is a school teacher, so we'd have to come home after, after school every day. Uh, if we had like a youth day coming up in two weeks, have like a 14, 15 page sermon and every day we're going through and, and uh, having to rehearse the sermon we're going to do uh, for church. And my mom's in there on, on our behind just um, if we're saying stuff lazily like, and God saith unto them. No, and God saith and God saith unto them. Like just really yeah. clear stuff. <laughs> and um, so we were doing stuff like that uh, from a young age that kind of got us in that space, yeah. feeling comfortable. And um, it always just was like a freeing thing for me to kind of go, whether it be portraying characters, yeah. performing, it was just, I wasn't thinking about any other stresses, put it that way. So um, when it got to this aspect with social media and everything, at that point, it was still just for fun. I think a few years later when I started taking acting and stuff serious mm-hmm. post football is when everything was like, yeah, I can kind of turn this into like a career in a sense. Yeah. So this can lead to bigger opportunities. So, well, what was it that made it like you turn that switch like, all right, I'm going to start acting now? Um, let me see. I don't know if it was anything specific. It was, um, I think I was still toying with stuff. I saw, I could say maybe... I don't want to say like the Jalen Brown video, but I think the Jalen Brown video kind of opened my eyes to opportunities that it could bring. Um, I say the acting aspect just kind of came with classes I was taking. So Fordham had some good opportunities up there to take some classes. Um, this is where Denzel Washington had graduated from oh, okay. way back. Didn't so, even know that. 
Yeah, yeah. rich history there. Yeah, going to the city, watching off Broadway productions and everything. There's a lot of good uh, acting schools in New York, right? Tons, yeah. tons. And so being there, like rich in that culture, like my freshman year, I think is where that first blueprint was kind of laid in mm-hmm. my head. Was getting to see that. I was only taking it for like one of my courses that year. It wasn't even like a thought of like a minor or major at the time, but the exposure to it and it was just like a magical feeling. I say, see my first performances in New York City it was was crazy. So, um, yeah, I think that's where it started. Once football ended and the social media stuff kind of take started taking over, I'm taking more classes at Texas State, acting focused. It just was giving me kind of that presence in that space that football, I feel like, used to give me, in a sense, that comfort. And mm-hmm. so I started leaning a little more so towards that, um, use the skills I feel like God blessed me with to open up further doors from there and then just wanted to keep compounding. So, yeah. yeah. How hard is acting? Is that how hard? Yeah. There's uh, – <laughs> I think it, it differs for everybody. I think we all pull from different places – I'd say there are certain aspects for me that are maybe harder than others, certain emotions that may be easier to portray than others. Uh, I've had, it was a award-winning film I did a couple years ago called The Dawn, and um, it was, there was a scene in there I had to break down and cry. I was like kind of grieving over a deceased wife and was looking at this picture kind of, drunk on the couch and stuff and had to kind of get to a point of tears in this condensed, I say, room about this size, just a bunch of people in there where it's kind of just like cry on cue. You got about 30 seconds. All right, get yourself ready and just cry. And it's just 30 people staring, just kind of just waiting for you and you're just trying to just force tears out. <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna do this. crazy. And so I say stuff like that, forcing emotion just like right there. I, it, me personally, I got to take it to like thinking of something I would never want to imagine. I say like losing my, my brother, who's like the closest person to me, um, having to envision him, you know what I'm saying, having his life taken or something like that. Yeah. Something that's the only thing that pushes me off that ledge to kind of like uncontrollable emotion. Okay, gotcha. And so... It can be taxing. I see yeah. that aspect. Maybe that's the more difficult yeah. part is that in order to become really good at it, I'm still working my tail off to be as, as good of an actor as I can be, but you realize that vulnerability is really one of those big keys. Um, letting those walls down and really allowing yourself to become vulnerable, feel everything this, this character's feeling. Um, take it to those dangerous mental places. It's like a mind game in a sense. So, um, yeah, I say those are the tough parts about acting, if anything. Now, are you a actor or content creator? Because you have some right. content on TikTok that's going viral. You got the TikTok hoodie on. So, oh, what do you classify yeah, yourself as? Exclusive, right there. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I say I consider myself. I say both, to be honest with you. Um, I think the focus is is on the acting for me personally. But I know that the content creator aspect is like, in this day and age, like the layout of everything from TikTok to Reels, it's just, it only makes sense really to be out there in that space. I feel like that's where a lot of talent's being found, a lot of 
you know, lucrative opportunities and stuff like that to partner with bigger brands are coming from. So I try to maximize both the best I can, educate myself on how each are uh, changing with the tides and everything and just keeping up on both. And then speaking of TikTok, your Spencer James videos. <laughs> Man, <laughs> those are, he, yeah, because yeah, I showed him a few. Oh, yeah, yeah, back in the day, a couple uh, of years ago. Yeah, he was like, "This is this is my homie I went to school with," and, right. and those are hilarious. Um, but what what was that? Just how do you come up with like a skit like that? Because I always like for Drewski, for example, I was like, "How does he just think right. of these?" Drewski, and then, Desi, uh, all that. I'm like, yeah, "Bro, it's uh, a goat." <laughs> uh, Mark Phillips, Supreme yes. Dream. I'm like, how do they just like? It's, it's yeah, insane, man. I think it just um, was that your second viral video. That one, I had a few other just like random, not specific theme uh, viral videos up until that point. I think All American was maybe like my, getting close to like 15th, I'd say, like viral, big, big, big video. Um, but i say one of the most impactful ones. I think it was super important one because I think that's when All American had like just kind of blew up, like kind of like came onto the scene. Thanks. And then for you to make those TikToks as well, and then for like one to blow up, and then you just was the big thing with TikTok. Like once you can like create a trend or you got something going, you got to oh, yeah. kind of do the same stuff for a while right. to capitalize, like truly capitalize on it. And that's like what you did. Like you you started going crazy with them, and you were throwing your own twist into them, Thanks. and then you started acting as like the other characters and right. stuff. So. It was like a perfect timing, really, when, oh, yeah. when you when you went viral with that. Facts, bro. I feel like I tell everybody that it's like a big part of all of it is really just timing. It's like you could have this brilliant idea and post it at a time where it just people aren't clicking with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple months down the line, it's just something. I say like take Old Town Road, Lil Nas X, when he first dropped that. It wasn't when it blew up. It was, I think, it was about a year or so before yeah. it started getting traction. Even Mo Bamba, like yes. that song was old when it, like, when people were starting talking about, like, bro, this song's like, been two, out for two, a minute. Yeah. yeah, and then like now, then it just blew it up. Just blew you know up. what I mean? Right. So timing really is everything with like all this stuff. I feel like, and so that during the pandemic, I think, is when we had nothing else to do. I feel like for content creators, it was like a great year. Um, people jumping on TikTok at that time was just that was a goldmine point to jump on the TikTok. Mm-hmm. It was just everybody's in the house. We're watching these shows, which again, I think all American what made it so or performed so well on my page was that or part of that was the pandemic. Everybody's at home. I know everybody's watching this show. And so yeah, it's gonna perform well. I had that aspect um of control in a sense over the um, trajectory of that in a sense and so yeah so that worked out really well for a while and I wanted to do that a bit for things like Tiger King any other videos or series that were coming out mm-hmm. at the time um, but I say the tricky part which you just mentioned that came was just having to stick with doing it for a while even beyond the point where i was like you don't want to do this type of content but you know like that's the content that's hitting right you know it's like it's gonna keep reeling in uh followers like crazy but i'm like on my end it's kind of like um i was having to have convos myself like i'm kind of in a sense compromising my creative integrity because i feel like i'm watering stuff down at this point i know from my end i'm not giving y'all best content i possibly can be because i'm trying to fixate it into this box here Mm -hmm. just like just all american stuff Mm -hmm. and 
so when I started getting to a point where I'm like posting serious scenes from films I've done and stuff just to kind of get feedback and I'm seeing this not being digested it's just straight laughing emojis off rip because people associate my content with just funny dude and I think at the time this is something over time I've kind of changed changed my mindset on a bit but at the time I started fearing that I was going to be put into this box of oh Don's just that all-american guy um, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing I'm going to be known for I'm like my career is just beginning I don't want to be just anything I'm working towards completely contrasting and just be compared back to this like Instagram series and so I think I in a sense removed myself away from it for a while and I guess it was in that period when I took a break from social media and stuff where I started realizing comedy was kind of one of those things that just came naturally like you were asking how the skits were filmed a minute ago um the first one the OG Spencer lifting the garage one was free-flowing. I think I went in and had an idea of just whatever it is, Spencer's angry, and reply back with some out-of-pocket like response. And so I was just going back like, dude, like chill out. You're going to get high blood pressure. It's like, blood pressure? And I'm like going off of these things. It's going, I'm like, all right, that F-load. TikTok's got like the record for a sec and then stop, record for a sec. So I was literally going back and forth in the garage. Yeah. Like, how can I keep a conversation going? Yeah. And that was like my method through that entire series for all American was just like, I know the characters well enough in my head. What is something they would stereotypically do? Like I was literally watching the show with no other intention other than to see what are the funny parts I can pick apart and turn into a parody. And so that worked out really well for a while. Um, and once I kind of started thinking about these things, I'm like, that's what I have a knack for. I'm like, I, I started watching videos with, um, Sorry if I'm rambling. No, nah, you're doing you're, you're, nah, you're good. It's bro. interesting. Yeah. For sure. I appreciate it. You're good. It. And so started watching things um like the Hollywood Reporters round table and stuff. They kinda have these videos where every quarter of the year they bring in like the top the season's best actors, directors, uh-huh. and they divvy up these tables up into into um so like comedic actors, dramatic actors, daytime, different like and I started thinking about stuff. I'm like, some of my favorite actors coming up weren't always the Denzels, the Will Smiths. They were, um, I see Jack Blacks, uh, Eddie Murphy's guys who were just Marlon Wayans in the Wayans mm-hmm. Brothers period. Like, guys who's funny content, movies like White Chicks and all this stuff that stuck in my brain from a young age and they're still funny to this day. Yeah. It helped shape who I was and type of stuff I like to do. And, um, those things, I'm like, that's kind of my natural space. I yeah. like the dramatic aspect, but I'm like, why am I running from what you're, what I'm, nor- yeah, yeah, what you're inclined to really do. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, there's success in all these different fields. It's not just this one that I, I think I yeah. uh, had painted in my head. Yeah. So, yeah. so was it like those guys that made you get into comedy or was it something else that like, uh, I say it was a mixture of a lot. Um, I say Wayans Bros were, were definitely a very early one for me and my brother. I feel like our like connection with each other was through a lot of comedy like that. Um, my pops is a jokester too, so a lot of the just kind of back and forth stuff in the house, I feel like, and then movies we're watching coming up were always a cool little escape. It was uh, Laughter was always a 
medicinal thing in a sense. Mm-hmm. And so seeing how that made me feel coming up, I wanted to create and give that feeling back to other people. And seeing things like DMs coming in from people through the pandemic, like, you know, I've been battling with whatever it may be mentally and stuff. Your content's kind of helping me out, just mellow out and stuff like that. I'm seeing that what I'm doing for fun in some circumstances is, is doing something deeper for some people. And I'm like, this is medicine, man. It's healing for some people. Mm-hmm. I gotta, this is my gift from God. I, I got to keep using that and using it for good. And that's kind of where my mentality with the entire career, I think, got sculpted behind. And since then, it's just been straight ahead. So, do you uh, Did you go to comic clubs or anything? So I like, do stand-up or whatnot? Haven't yet. No? I mean, uh, everybody's been asking me when I'm going to get into that sphere. I feel like I've been um, done live performances through theater, but I feel like with comedy is a whole another beast because yeah. it's kind of like if, if the crowd ain't rocking with you, it's, it's tough. If you haven't, um, you're not used to that type of rejection of your jokes, and you may spend some time writing these jokes down like, "Oh, this is a fire," and if it's, it's not delivered correctly, you don't have that confidence up yeah. there. I, I personally, I'm, I'm, I don't. I don't like to say I can't or I, I'm not able to do things, but I'm definitely not at that point of uh, confidence. I feel like to hop on stages yet. Yeah, working my way up to it, and I feel like as I start getting back into this uh, entertainment sphere as a whole, the next couple months, I feel like maybe I'll get up to that point of. A lot of uh, comedy has to do with acting too, right? Yes, yeah. yes. I feel like uh, free flowing stuff like that. I feel like is natural to me, but planned out comedy um, is something that's it's a bit of a challenge for me I'm saying or feeling like right now and um, yeah just trying to learn as much as I can from the greats around and see as trends are changing what are people you know what I'm saying being attracted to and stuff and trying to build off of that yeah. so we'll see where it goes yeah and that, that's just crazy too honestly like you don't want to be up like the whole time where you're talking about like your jokes not being reciprocated back. I'm just thinking of like the Joker, like yeah, in the yes, movie, yes. just like looking at me, just like looking. Like, yes. you know, like it's just a whole different beast. Like you said, just mm. going up there doing a joke, it's not working, um, things like that. Because um, I mean, it's not your friends in front of you anymore. And no, because they're gonna laugh. Because yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, just the connection you have right. you have with them, and the more support, and they know you're already funny uh-huh. from previous stuff. So it's just natural to always laugh. Right. Also, too, with comedy, like I feel like lately it's gotten with like the way society's going. I feel like people are taking comedy out of context, like because I always when when people are, like get mad at a joke, these are related back to the Will Smith, Will Smith and Jada thing, right. like. To me, he was Will Smith was out of pocket because oh, yeah. at the end of the day, Chris Rock is a comedian, right. and and, and in comedy, in comedy, there's like no rules, there, there like and that's like a unwritten law. But like people make like homophobic jokes, racist jokes, all this stuff in comedy. But like right. when you go to a comedy show, you don't get mad though. You, you know what I mean? You chose to go. You, my whole thing with that was like you chose to come here. You know what he's on stage paid to do. What is the problem here? Mm-hmm. You know etiquette of how comedy is supposed to go. Everything there, there was no excuse for it. Yeah, at well, all. At all, I felt like he just did it because Jada got mad. Because if you look, oh, like, yeah. like he originally <laughs> laughed. If you like, he, when he said the joke, he originally laughed, and then I guess he looked at her. She was mad as hell, and then yeah, man, that, 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 took it to another level. That was a heartbreaking <laughs> one. I'm like, 
I guess I had uh, I'd read his book last year and everything, kind of hearing his, his story from childhood up and everything. Will and um, it was, I guess, a lot of the themes and stuff he had talked about in that book from an early childhood point have been themes about uh, being afraid at the wrong times. You know, um, feeling like a coward for not stepping up and handling business when he feels like he should have. And I think that was kind of one of those things there of trying to prove a point is what I kind of inferred from it. Was That's what I, I kind of got from it because I heard they had some, like, history right. previously. And then that was just one of those things. Like, And then, like, also, too, with the Red Table talk and everything Will's gone through. The straw. It was the straw that broke. It was just say. like, you know, he's been that, the laughing stock of Hollywood probably for the last two years. Two years. So it's like, let me just prove a point. Y'all just stop talking about me and my family. Like, let me just shut everyone up by using him as an example, which unfortunately for Chris Rock, I thought was just unfortunate for him. And it was just the wrong place in time. Like, yes, you don't you don't do that at, at a prestigious award show. Everybody's you know? watching it. Yeah. Everybody and if you're not watching it, you're going to see it. Yeah. Everybody like you're Will Smith, man. Yeah. So this is like, I think for me, what, what it uh, upset me a lot was seeing two of our biggest black figures in entertainment of all time, I feel like being the ones on on screen yeah. at that time and that happening, mm-hmm. there, it just it was a kind of like secondhand embarrassment feel through the culture. I feel oh, like no like doubt. It was like, uh, I mean, it was tough. No doubt. Shout out to Chris Rock, though. I mean, he, yeah, he didn't retaliate. Yeah, he handled yeah. it good. He handled yeah. it well. Handle it well. I mean, he didn't do nothing. He didn't press charges either, right? No, because no, yeah. I mean, yeah. Think about it too. Like as a grown man, bro. Like even if like just getting hit, like violated like that, you're just like you're not gonna be thinking about let me like all your other obligations or what's no. going on in the moment. You're gonna be like, bro, this person just this uh, this man just other man just slapped me. Like right. you're gonna re- you're most gonna people retaliate. don't retaliate. <laughs> oh, really? You know what I mean? Right. And so, so that major props to Chris Rock. Yeah, he handled that situation. Um, you know what I'm saying? Prayers up the will and the fam. I mean, I hope everything goes well mm-hmm. there. But it just, it was, it was kind of one of the things in my head I didn't want to believe was real. You know what I'm saying? I grew up, Freshman has always been, I say to this day, it's still my favorite TV show of all time. And um, it just, it was something I didn't want to believe. It was one of my biggest inspirations. Mm-hmm. It's just, we all knew that was going to be his night. He finally is getting his Academy Award uh, for Best Actor. And, for it all to kind of get to that point and this now being something that can possibly stain every good thing he's done oh, in his yeah. career, it just, it's it's unfortunate. Because there's a lot of people that didn't even know he was nominated for Best Actor. Right. Uh, what was the movie called? It's him playing the the, the father yeah. of uh, uh, King Richard. King Richard, yeah. 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 Really like, good film. Yeah, I like, felt like his, his other movies that were... I, I better feel like than that, better. but I was like, all right. Right. It was. A, I was just glad he finally... See, the th- I'm not really... I like Will Smith, but... Right. He's not my favorite actor. I feel like like who's he, your top? Uh, probably like top th- two or three. I'd probably go like Denzel. Uh, I like Leonardo a lot. And then I like... Um, I, I got to really think on that. Because people have gotten so much better over time. But okay. like those are probably like the two that stick out to me. And like they're the two like biggest. But I like more of a serious kind of role when I watch a film. Right. Um, Will Smith has like in my opinion like a lot of like corny or like bad like poor not it's not really his fault because like the plot or the script or whatever but like he has a lot of movies where I'm like you're Will Smith like why did you do this movie but then he does have he is versatile but like for me it's just like even with versatility having like poor poor like 
movies like that, I feel like it still hurts him regardless. Take away. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I was watching the thing earlier, kind of things like you got Wild Wild West, Hitch, different things like that, where you have your really great films and you got some like why? Exactly yeah, like it's like why'd you take that? You don't need to take that role. That. You know what I mean? It, yeah, didn't help. It, it might not have necessarily harmed you in a heavy way, but mm-hmm. it definitely didn't help in a sense in the career. Yeah, but. Yeah, I feel that. Denzel is definitely my number one. Um, I say Will's up there. Who else? Leo's definitely up there for me. I say uh, Sidney Poitier from way back, one of the first in, in Hollywood for us, um, paved the way for a lot. Uh, it's a lot. That list goes on pretty far. But Denzel, I think, definitely has got my top spot. Yeah, my 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 favorite actor of all time is Leonardo. Okay, um, sure. Yeah, I, I love Leonardo. And then um, – I can't remember his name. Um, Tom Hardy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. And then yeah, um, sure. Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Especially as, a vi- like, the villain roles or, yes. like, those type of roles. He, dude, yeah. he kills those. Killing them. Yeah. I feel like, um, I don't know about y'all, just throughout the years, I feel like I've shifted more so towards villain size than, than heroes in a sense, like, in, in a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. The way they've been depicted, I just... Um, I, I would love to play a villain in like MCU or something like that further down the line, just in the sense of the complexity of those characters. You, you kind of um, you got to take yourself out of a mindset of oh, that's the bad guy, as opposed to this guy's got a different perspective as to why he's mm-hmm. or just like crazy people too, like right. people in thrillers, exactly. like just the crazy like just that, breaking their, yeah, their mind. Yeah. Apart. Why do they do this? And yeah. They, and so that always intrigues me in that mm-hmm. sense. It's a lot of layers. So, yeah, yeah. villains. <laughs> well, speaking of villains and acting and our favorite actors, how, how, how did that come about for you? How did, how did um, like, people contact you about getting – because you said you did a war film, um, yeah. Dawn, and then have you ever done other stuff as well? Like, how did you get into acting? Yeah, I say um, – so my first experiences with acting um, – Post football and everything, getting into open mics, doing spoken words, kind of original pieces, pieces I had found online, just kind of practicing these things in my room, uh, were a really good outlet for me to kind of get out there, back on stage, perform live in front of people. And so that energy was really big for me at the time. I say uh, beyond that point, I started talking to my first agency, a bond agency in San Antonio. And um, came in there for my first few auditions. It was like a commercial monologue and a classical monologue. I had to perform with them. And so kind of got myself down with modeling there, kind of started with acting, and uh, started getting into commercials from that point. So doing things with Gold Bond. I'd work with Facebook, um, CC's Pizza, a few other smaller brands around San Antonio. And started trying to rack those up best I possibly could. So um, from that point, i say it was about a year later, we had filmed. It was a web series that was shot at Texas State called The Land of Milk and Honey. It was my first, like, role as, like, a character in, like, a production. Mm-hmm. And so I was playing a pastor. So Pastor Carl, everybody <laughs> out there who's seen it. Um, really successful web series, I think took off, was on a lot of different platforms, um, reposted, it was big for um, our community on at, at Texas State, everybody kind of gathered around it, and uh, did really well, it was really, really cool, and so seeing the magic that went around that, 
the tight knit community we created with the cast and crew um, the work with that uh, web series it was something that I was like yeah this is a production aspect this is something I can get behind something I definitely want to get my feet wet a little more so in so after that web series premiered and started going out I started looking for castings with short films and everything like that and kind of slowly trickled into uh, my first feature film shot 2020 um my boy rich lawyer aladdin director on that he's based out of austin too um that going on to amazon prime um and on to uh i'm forgetting right now apple tv uh a lot of great opportunities that have come with it i think but that's definitely where it started though so was that the Dawn movie that you're talking about? Um, so the Dawn was a short film shot back in 2019. 2019. Yes, and so Christian Strider, that's another um, big name. I feel like it's gonna be coming up out of San Antonio. Uh, Stride Studios, his entire production group is just amazing. Just everybody there, just super hungry to to give you the top product or whatever yeah. it is they're shooting. And so <clears throat> I went shot three films with them. I'm trying to remember the first one. It was uh, I'm forgetting the name of the first film we did about three or four years ago. We had The Dawn, which was our first award-winning film. And then we had what else was uh, The Void was a, was a second one there. And so that was both went through Filmapalooza, um, 48-hour film project in San Antonio. So 48 hours is like a it happens in multiple different cities in the in the across the country it's a uh, you have about 48 hours with your production team to create an entire film pretty okay. much you get like a each team gets a genre and a uh, topic you have to have like five specific things from this list yeah. you know, like gotta have an apple as a prop gotta say this line this name has to pop up somewhere in a character name or somewhere on screen. And so you have those criteria in every single film, but it's like silent film here, horror film, comedy, all these. So it's interesting to see how different filmmakers like take these ideas and piece them together and what they can create within a 48 hour span. And um, again, just was blessed to have worked with a group like that, Stride, who everybody in there is just hustling around the clock we're getting their call time i think 6 a.m on that saturday shooting till about midnight maybe 1 a.m the next day go home come back around 10 a.m shoot a couple more hours editors take all that footage and then by midnight that sunday have a whole film submitted for this festival and so it tested me as an actor in all those uh cases but coming out of those like best actor awards um, those films went in best cinematography and different things. It was just a really big, like intrinsically awarding just um, feeling in a sense. So seeing them things has kind of made us want to keep climbing and, and shooting for more. So, okay, yeah. Um, so I guess um, with getting into those roles and those avenues, what has been after graduating, what has been like the next step for you? Um, are you, so is that like your full-time thing or do you have like a nine to five? Like what's kind of yeah. like your work life now? So, so yeah, so right now, about a month ago or so, I say coming up on two months, I've been uh, working with a company named Blended Sense up here okay. in the Austin area. And um, 
so we're a digital tech company or and uh or, I'm sorry, tech media company. Okay. And um I'm working as a content producer there. Okay. And uh yeah, it's been a really, really great start. The the team there from top to bottom is just really family oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a lot of work with a lot of different small businesses around the Austin area, getting content out there or content out to them in a very quick okay. manner. And so we've got a great uh, network of creatives, different photographers, videographers who go out to these scenes, shoot these uh, different videos for these companies mm-hmm. and um, high quality, great prices. It's just a uh, good gig going on. So. I was blessed with the opportunity. Again, I'm uh, alongside other directors, producers I've worked with myself with this company. Um, and in a sense, it's kind of in the same realm of what I wanted to be doing as mm-hmm. an actor. So long term, I wanted to get into producing and directing and all these other chairs as well. Uh, be able to run my own sets one day, call the shots. So getting this opportunity at a young age, um, it's definitely a huge blessing right now. I'm trying to maximize it best I can. And then pouring what I'm learning from this career um, back into my acting, and then vice versa, kind of doing a trade off of both. So I say equal balance right now between um, acting world and uh, career life. Gotcha. So well, I guess go ahead, go ahead. So I guess like typically after work, um, <clears throat> things like that. Are you continuing like to go home and work on more either pieces, content, ideas you have? Um, like what's kind of like that that process? to like elevate you more like do you like make youtube videos or like do tiktoks right things right. like that i say this first half of the year post-grad i had um taken a good social media cleanse i say for a okay bit. i had um uh, was trying to figure out everything i know kind of with the football thing we talked about the identity aspect mm-hmm. i think graduation wise you have this mm-hmm. expectation of all right you graduated what are you doing now type of feel and it's like uh i, I, I don't know and I think in that time period, it was a lot going on mentally, trying to figure out what direction I was going to be heading in. I set a soft plan. I think New Year's Eve, or going into New Year's, me and my brother had stayed home and worked on vision plans. And so we mapped out exactly what we we're going to be doing this year, built kind of like a, a hard, uh, rough draft of kind of the timeline we wanted to follow. So I gave myself between January and June to hustle as many jobs as I could in San Antonio, save up bread, and then move up to Austin around summertime. And so blessed to have been able to stay along that timeline and get up here now in this Mm -hmm. area. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I'm just really just trying to make the most out of this transition, Uh this move right now, Um, and see where it leads me to next. Yeah. What are your next goals for, for acting? So next goals, I say definitely want to pick up a consistent role somewhere. I think there's so many opportunities now on every streaming service, on TV. It's like avenues are everywhere. YouTube's got TV shows out now and everything. It's like I'm trying to just kind of get in where I fit in, in a sense, kind of get my face out there, start to network more. I say the past few years, a big sense with, opportunities I've had have come from just talking to people online reaching out and different content creators who are in the same sphere reaching for the same type of things I'm doing so got that common interest and compounding on that and um, that's definitely 
helped a whole lot in regards to, I guess, keeping that perspective in check, I guess, going through to the future. So I say short term, I definitely want to keep acquiring as much information as I possibly can. I'm trying to, I say post, uh, when I get off of work every day, I try to take at least about an hour or so to dedicate time to just honing in on that craft, whether it be going through monologues, watching videos online about how to sharpen up on certain aspects of acting, um, seeing things through different lenses, different perspectives, uh, are all things I try to do just to make sure when I am popping out on set, some better and better each time, not falling back in that process. So I say right now, that's my main focus. How it, so I, I guess, since you brought up all the streaming platforms now, is 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 it easier to be everywhere but California now to be an actor? Yeah, I was oh, about yeah. to ask it's that. A, yeah, it's a good one. I say it's something I learned in the last year heavily. Um, so I'd done a trip out to L.A. in the last summer. It was for, I don't want to get into what show and all that, but USA Network, it was like an opportunity on there that it, it just – Really bad experience. Um, I'm sorry they, to cut you off, but are they are they bad with shows? Because they had another show that I was watching, Shooter, and they just, yeah, and it just stopped. It just <laughs> it was like the casting process of this show that we <clears throat> go through. They just was just really crappy. <clears throat> um, yeah, and I think what's that other big show that was on Netflix? That was on um, USA too, wasn't it? Was it? Is it a dating show? No, it's or? it's like with the, they're on the plane and they like lose five years of their oh, life. Yes, uh, um, manifest. 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 Yes, wasn't that on USA as well? It might have been on the cool. I never watched. And it. And then that just stopped. Yeah, just. I'm sorry. You came to my head. I was like, what, what is it with USA? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, it just um, snap. Yeah, it. Um, I think what I was learning in the last year. Those trips, like, say, to L.A. for that experience and everything, we started learning at the end of the year that, I guess, because of how everything shifted with COVID and everything and how auditions are going, we're not going. There used to be a place up here called the Casting Station where any commercials I was doing and stuff, it would go through there. And all that got shut down with just, like, long distance, just auditions, all that think it made it easier for people handling auditions they don't have to go to a place set up all that it's like recorded send it in by this time frame and we ain't even got to go anywhere just watch your footage and so as an actor I think it I didn't like that aspect I, I really love the going into space feeling that energy perform a live type of mm-hmm. feel um feel like you can get a lot more than that over mm-hmm. seeing something on a tape sometimes uh but was going through that process and as it did shift to the online process, um, I started learning that we in Texas are low-key, are technically considered local hire between Atlanta and Los Angeles. And so a lot of the work that happens out here, we're able to get access to auditions out there on both coasts. Um, and those things be eligible for us uh, because we're considered local hire. Pretty expensive, but... It makes it in a sense to where because everything's so digital now in that aspect with auditions, uh, you don't really have to go to a L.A. or a New York or something like that to really take off. You can stay right where you're at. So that's one benefit I think that's come with 
this changing process through the pandemic. So it's been cool. Would you um <clears throat> would you ever want to like leave Austin to pursue these avenues, or do you kind of hope everything falls in line and you can kind of just stay here I or would, like build it up here? I would prefer deal. to build here. Yeah. personally. I feel like um working around different parts of the city and seeing different aspects. I was out in um, Spanish Oaks yesterday and seeing like. That's a nice area. Beautiful. Yeah. Just like seeing some of those homes out there. Uh-huh. I was just like, this is definitely somewhere I'd want to set up. It's becoming such a big um, like metroplex where everybody's just coming here and starting mm-hmm. new businesses through life. So I would love to keep building in Austin. Uh, really just keep it at a point where if I have to fly out to L.A. for a project, I go yep. out there for this time yep. and come back yep. to Texas. So. But it's uh, Texas is home for me. Yeah, like, so. understandable. Besides, the only person I can think of is Amber Heard. But besides Amber Heard, who else is from like Austin area that's like big actor or producer? That's a good question, to be honest with you. Um, I personally couldn't tell you. I have no, no idea. I definitely got to do my research on yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think but. there's, I mean, Matthew McConaughey is from, I guess, San Antonio, from, but yeah. close enough. Right, right. Um, and that guy who made the Spy Kids. Oh, um, he's he, Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah oh, Rich, wow. He lives uh, He lives in Lake Travis. Yeah. yeah it wasn't like yeah. a little bit of past Rough Hollow. I've seen it. It's pretty nice. He has like a castle yeah. type house. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. He's. I think he's from, I think he's from Austin. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, have you done any South by Southwest or anything like that? Or do you um, plan on doing that? I soon? would love to. I yeah. definitely would. Um, right now, I'm trying to get back on the circuit with uh, get back on the circuit with films that could be entered into it. Okay, um, and kind of just uh, try my hand at that. I really want to challenge myself to see how far can a new film with kind of stuff I built up now, things people around me I'm, I'm working with have built up. What type of product could we put out there that could perform well at a South by Southwest? So I think next year, that definitely is going to be a uh, big focus, getting something like that, a uh, home run hitter, if we can. That's dope. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, uh, that's pretty much it. From Oh, last but not least, we, had, we, we touched on a story earlier that I thought was funny when I first – well, not when I first met you, but like kind of as – it was, it was towards the end of that semester, my freshman year. Right. Um, you and Richie, who's also a fool, had a, <laughs> Richie's a fool. Y'all, 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 y'all had a little uh, weekly like funny off competition or something right. like that, where you y'all would both would do different stuff periodically throughout the day or right whatever, and y'all would just one up each other. But right. you set the cake. With what you did in, coming into the cafeteria, so like, <laughs> so like, what was what was your thought process on that? And like, and uh, because bro, that was that's some of, that's still to this day some of the funniest stuff I've hey. ever seen in person. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. I think <laughs> in those things, I love to have fun with it. In yeah, movie sense, I'm like, there are no rules. Yeah. It's not hurting somebody. I'm just gonna make it weird. <laughs> I think that's kind of what took my my thought process through that, and it just uh, it's a great feeling just yeah. getting to share those laughs with your boys and everything, and just like be free. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's really it for me. What you what what was the thing you did walking into the cafeteria? Was, you want? Yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was. Um, I'm trying to think of exactly which was this the, the time I had um, 
Was this a fat suit? Yes. It was a fat but suit. But you like made it though? You like put you put like a pillow on in front of you and then one behind yes. you? I had a whole <laughs> goodness gracious. I think I was recording skits that day in my room or in my dorm. It was like I don't know if we were we did not practice. No, nah, we were right? done. This was towards the end. This was like probably like end of March or April. Like Last we were weeks. we were finishing up spring ball. That's right. Yeah. And I think this was bored sometimes at all time. Yeah. I had like a video. I think I was like recording in the studio in my in my dorm room. It was like a fat producer who like someone was baiting him, and it was like a snicker bar on the ground. And I had a bunch of like clips uh, of kind of running around. <laughs> Bro, it's when you were like rolling around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think I that was, was funny as hell. Yes, I was like, I'm I'm not going back to change it yet. It took me too long to get all this stuff stuff. So I went to the cafe and. <laughs> Bro, just decided to get down. So it just uh, that that was that. Just, and I think you were playing. You were like playing music too. I was. Yeah, like I blasting was. it like a backpack and walk walked into the cab, bro, and just started dancing. And just just yeah. And it's funny because like dancing. people that don't know about Fort Lewis and Durango, Colorado, like at the time it got a little better towards my end of the, in the college with like the black people. Right. We started bringing in more guys, but when we were there freshman year. Especially before you got there, like dead ass, it was me, Dre, my homie Tyrell, Richie, Malcolm, right. and a few. Uh, like, there's probably like total like less than twenty black people at Fort Lewis, and they were all athletes. That's wild. So like, so like at the time when you came, there was like no and that. Remember Yik Yak? You remember that? Yes, so yeah, like yeah. when before you got there, we had, we were on we were getting like scrutinized and blasted on Yik Yak, like. People are like a little racist, I think, because I mean, they're not from unless they're from Denver. Right. They weren't from like populated towns in the Four Corner region. So right. them seeing like black people and then like seeing like black people from the city yeah, like yeah. act like a certain way or just act normal, they were just like oh like intimidated or get all like scared and nervous and stuff. Right. So I already know like when you came in with that that fat suit, they were just like probably like so like oh my god like texting and shit right like, right yeah but you no know, i mean it was, it was that 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 was funny and honestly um fast forward to now and then like even during covid that's kind of like that's it makes sense why you're successful because i mean just doing that back then you got to not care and just to do anything creatively especially like skits and comedy like right. that's a certain level of uh, free will that you have to like have in your mind. It's like I feel like that's on par with like music. Like no, the, like no. you're both. It's like you're putting something out and it's really going to be judged and scrutinized. Mm-hmm. And you got to not care like about the reception or how you put yourself in this character to do it. So right, that's yeah. a big one, bro. Yeah. That's a big one. So yeah, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, of course, bro. Um, well, you have anything for us? Hey man, I just want to say uh, I appreciate y'all bringing me out. Of course, uh, I know this is like long overdue. Finally, finally mapping out time to get this knocked out. So yeah, it's been it's been a while. Yeah, he was he's one of the first guests. It's been I wanted a while. Yeah, off topic. For, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm uh, yeah glad to finally be here. Um, to be in the studio, it looks great. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Y'all Try to make it. Anybody uh, tuning in, subscribe. Blast this everywhere you, you are. Um, these guys are hustling, doing their thing. So. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you. Uh, where can Appreciate they find you at on socials? Yeah. Uh, what's your um, socials? At I am Big Kins on everything. So I am B I G K E N S on uh, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, I'll be popping on the YouTube soon. More consistently. Oh, yeah. but those are the main ones for now. Yeah. Alrighty. Alrighty. Um, well, go give my boy a follow. Um, like y'all do, show love. He's family. 
support the family. Um, follow him everywhere. Uh, get, get his YouTube running up there. Um, but that'll do it for your boys over here at Opinionated. We'll catch y'all guys next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.